It is my great honor and pleasure to introduce our speaker today, who has been a very loyal and faithful BHN member. And she is um, always helping women. It's her passion to help women. And at the ripe old age of 58, she decided to follow her passion. She's always been a traveler like many of you on this group and she thrives on change. She's an intuitive international coach and she's an international speaker and she gave up her corporate life many years ago and she went to see a psychic and the psychic gave her some information that changed her life and led her on her journey to come to France and live the life of her dreams. So without further ado, please put your hands together for the lovely Janine Sonsi. And today Janine is going to talk to us about resilience. And you all seen her write up. And before we start, I would um, just like you to give you the dictionary definition of um, resilience, which is all about being able to go with the change during difficult times. And Janine has faced many, many difficult times, so she can put her hand on her heart and speak from her heart about what it is like to develop a resilient mindset. So what you all don't know, as I mentioned, is what was going on in her life before she's seen the psychic. So Janine, would you like to maybe share some of your story about what was going on? Because you and I have had many talks about this and I know your story very well, and I think it'd be good for people to hear. Okay, thank you so much, Beverly. It's wonderful to be here and to see all your women. And I, I just really, I wish we could be there in person in Monaco, having a delightful lunch together. And I so look forward to doing those again. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm Australian. And I'll start with when, just when I started my personal development journey for myself. And I was 37 at the time. And I got a promotion to the best you know, job I'd ever had um, as a national manager of a large software firm in Australia. And four months later, my, after I worked really hard, I employed eight people into four different roles in three different states in Australia within three months, as well as achieving, well, I achieved 50% of my quota because I was given a headcount for four salespeople, but no, I wasn't given any salespeople. And my full quota for four salespeople started when I got the job. So to achieve 50% of that quota with no salespeople in three months, I thought I was doing damn good. And my boss restructured me out of the job. I was devastated. It was totally unexpected. 
And he just called me into his office and says, oh, Janine, I've got something to say to you. Um, I've restructured your team and you're now redundant. Here's your package. And then I had to catch, I was in Sydney, I had to catch a plane home to Melbourne. Three months after that, my husband, who I'd been in a relationship with for 20 years, we were child, you know, school sweethearts. Uh, he confessed that he was having an affair. And I could say finally confessed because I knew he was, but I didn't want to know he was. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but you know something, you just go, no, no, no. You just go, yeah, yeah. And so he confessed he was having an affair, you know, 10 days before Christmas. And then on New Year's Day, I booked, well, and then I booked to fly to Europe, to the UK on New Year's Day to stay with friends because we canceled that earlier in the year. Uh, I went skiing for two weeks. Now, one lesson I learned, yes, I know, I did. But you know what? Doing something that is high risk, a high risk activity, when you are in the depths of major, major trans life transition, not necessarily a good idea because I fell on the Tuesday of the second week and did my knee. I came back to Australia um, on the Sunday, no, on the Thursday, my husband, then husband moved out on the Thursday, on the Sunday, I had knee reconstruction on the Thursday, that got infected. I had three operations within 10 weeks to deal with that. And then just after that, um, I had an, emergency call to my psychologist go I need to come and see you and she said can you be here in 15 minutes and I said yes so I was there in 15 minutes so I was back home an hour and a half later and the front window to my lounge room was smashed and there was a bloody t-shirt hanging on it and someone had gone in through the window cut themselves and robbed my house and that was all within about six months and it started my personal development journey because it was really hard and my family doctor kept saying to my mum, tell Janine to come and get some antidepressants. She can't go through this, it's too much for one person. And I, I did do that and it helped me out for a few months. But I, I kept a journal and I went back a few years ago and wrote uh, and read what I had in this journal. And what amazed me, even reading my words, was the strength that I had at the time and the insight into, well, why is this happening? And understanding the process. And one thing that stood out to me was I said, I am not going through all of this pain for nothing because it was the worst physical and emotional pain I have ever felt in my life. And I said, I'm not going through this pain for nothing. I am going to come out of this a better person. And it was by setting just a little goal like that, that even though I was waking up each day, I was curling up, and there was one day I was in a fetal position crying all day. And I thought, I don't have anything to live for because I had lost, I'd lost everything I measured myself by. I'd lost my job, 
and, and, and it was dramatic. I'd lost my relationship and it was dramatic. And I'd lost dramatic and traumatic. I'd lost my, my physical being and my ability to get out and do all the things that I wanted to do to distract myself from what was going on for me. And because I went, I thought, oh, I'll go dancing and I'll do this and I'll do that. And, but no, I was, the universe said, no, you will sit there on that couch and you will work it out. And, and I did. And, and so that was sort of the first thing. That was my first experience of, you know, being resilient, <clears throat> drawing on, you know, my innate inner strength to keep going even when I couldn't see what there was in the future. My whole future was a total unknown void, but it was this inner innate strength. And, and I say one of the things, you know, one of the criteria for being resilient is to be, you know, a girl SDP, strong, determined and persistent. And that was what I was drawing on then. And, uh, as well as, well, I may as well give you all three of them now. <laughs> no, unless you want me to wait, Beverly. Do you want to ask me a question now? <laughs> Since <we're>... Well, <laughs> I, I, th <laughs> I think you covered a lot there. And obviously, you know, I just want to say thank you for sharing because I know that was difficult. I could feel your emotions rising as you were talking about it, you know. And for most of us, I... I just want to see a show of hands. You can either write in the chat line or wave your hand. You know, how many people have had a broken, turbulent relationship? How many people have been heartbroken? How many people have lost someone they really love, really, really care about? How how many people have been a victim of infidelity? How many ladies have been stalked? How many people have been in a natural disaster or been bullied, whether it's at school or work? How many have had a miscarriage or uh, an abortion for whatever reason or a stillbirth you know and how many people have looked after people in the family with a mental disorder or a physical impairment these are all huge things and everybody put their hands up to more than one of those things so what I want to say usually we just have one thing happen at time. In the case with Janine, and that, that, that is huge. And I always remember years ago, my father, because my mother had many miscarriages and she lost two children, both through doctor's neglect. One was a twin and they could only save one baby. So they saved the girl, not the boy. And she only wanted boys at that time. And she lost another baby at 18 months. And my father said to me that, um, you know, the worst thing that can happen to a parent is parental, the loss of a child. And having done the nature of work I've done and now done lots of research on resilience, 
um, that's probably number one, you know, the parental loss. And recently we've all been going through the pandemic of COVID and we've had all sorts of losses. So we might have lost loved ones, we might have lost, uh, we might have gone through COVID ourselves and been in hospital or definitely quarantined for a few weeks. We might have lost a job, our income, you know, and many, many changes and just to be isolated when we're not used to it or be stuck with our spouse and children have to do homeschooling and work at the same time it's a lot of changes you know so normally people would have one of these things but you had a, a lot of things thrown at once so i just wanted to ask you before we move forward was how were you feeling because when you're that low even when you go through one thing i've helped so many people to build a resilience mindset and um, meditation is one way and yoga and just exercise it's really important to exercise and um, because it all comes to us within you know we get the opportunity to go with inside and find our true nature because no matter what's happening in our external world we are the constant so we will be whether our lovers come and go our kids come and go whether we travel we're always going to be there so we need to do the personal development work on ourselves and i always say prevention's better for cure and in your case you had quite a few tragedies happen so it it catapulted you on your personal development journey but can you tell us if you can remember, which I'm sure you can, however, a lot of people block out their feelings. So one thing we do in the Western world is keep busy 24 seven so we're not in touch with our feelings. And the other thing we do is block them up because we were so traumatized and we haven't worked on them. So how are you feeling? Well, as, as I said, I was feeling really low. I remember walking around the supermarket, like when I managed to get out to the supermarket, leaning on the trolley because I couldn't walk properly on both legs and just crying. Just the mm. tears were just coming out. I could not hold them back. And, and, and I was 38 at the time and I was still wanting to have a child. So every time I saw a, this is bringing up the emotion for me still, um, you know, every time I saw, like, you know how you notice things when you, you know, when you just become aware of it. And I, you know, every time I saw a woman with a baby, I was like, mm, like, because I didn't, you know, I thought, am I ever going to have a baby? And as it turned out, no, I wasn't. It wasn't in my journey. So there was also, and I think this is what people, a lot of people don't realize is that when we have loss like that, it's not just the loss of the person, it's the loss of the life we, that we planned with them as well. And it's the loss of what we were going to do. So it's a loss of the future. So I was really grieving a lot. I went to a grief counselor and that was very beneficial. And, the, and my psychologist said to me, 
I think you're now ready for some spiritual development. I went, okay. And she put me in touch with this personal development course in Melbourne called The Turning Point. And it was sort of over a week, but mostly on the weekend. And I, I talk about where I describe that as finding out more about who I was and what I was and why I was. So, and it was about delving into my feelings. And my feelings were depressed and it was just overwhelming sadness. And this course was just the beginning of my, of my journey into personal development. And for me, my recovery and the resilience was in my determination to learn, to learn more about myself and about who I was in the world and to find a new place in the world. And so after this weekend course, I then did a 13 week course in the latter half of the year. And then I did another one the following year and I read lots and lots of books. And, and so it was just this constant, for me, constant learning, constant under, desire to understand myself better. Fantastic. And what would you recommend to people if they've even gone through one thing? Um, I recommend feel your feelings first. I know it's just really go into those feelings and feel them so that you can process them to let them go. And that's the first step in grief. Uh, but in, if I'm sort of my three point main points for resilience, for being resilient is number one is stay positive and optimistic. Now, when you, <laughs> When you're in a state like I was in, when you're in a, a depressed state, it's really, really hard to be positive at all and optimistic. So the first thing, and I think this particularly applies in these COVID times, is don't get sucked into the fear quicksand that is all around us in the media. And stay positive in your outlook. That means look for the positives in what's happening in your life and optimistic about how it's going to turn out for you. So be hopeful and optimistic. The second one, as I said before, be strong, determined and persistent. So we, if anyone asks me, well, how have you got through everything you did? And I mean, one thing I did, we didn't say is that or you, I think Beverly mentioned it, but in my first year here, my 16 year old cat died two weeks after I arrived. So I arrived at the end of December, my cat died in January, my mother died in April and my father died in October. So here I was trying to start a new life and a new business and all of these things, well, if I, if I look at the positive, they're actually falling away from me. My ties from Australia were falling away but it was very traumatic trying to get life started, get a new apartment and go back to Australia for two um, funerals. So you've got to be determined and you've got to keep going at it with persistence. And, and that is really what's got me through. My mum used to say that, you know, even as a two year old, ooh, she's a very determined girl. And I was <laughs> the last one. And that I say that I think is so important and critical for a 
um, for resilience is to be adaptable to go with the flow because we need to be we, we need to be like a river and a river there's lots of rocks in a river it doesn't go hit against the rock and go get out of my way i want to go through this way it goes okay there's a rock in my way i'll just work my way around the rock and that's what we need to do with obstacles in our life because we will have obstacles we will have challenges we will have some form of trauma and we need to learn to be adaptable and go around it so that we keep flowing in our life and i'm going to add one more have a goal have an objective or a goal because that's what keeps you going even if it's a small goal well maybe it's a small goal but even if it's just something like i'm going to be a better person Fantastic. and for me what's kept me going here in france is my goal to build first of all my group expat women in france and my and beverly will let me talk about this in a minute but club mojo circle for english-speaking women in france to provide support for them fantastic yes you covered a lot there and those are very good coping strategies and i want to say to the ladies on the group who have got children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews you know what we're talking about is really good strategies for children to pick up on as well because um I actually do something which is called the seven C's, which I'll talk about shortly, but um, going back to yours, when people are really down and they, you know, it's really hard, you know, sometimes to think of something positive and they're wallowing in their pity. It's really important to grieve and, you know, you will get lots of information about grieving and you can Google it and how to cope with it. But I found in my personal experience, when people take an active part in their grieving, because say if someone's lost a child and then they've still got another child, you know, the other child is feeling emotional as well because mummy's crying, mummy doesn't want to do anything. And a lot of people want to take their own lives you know, because they either feel guilty or shame or blame and inadequate and, oh, it should have been me and not the child and the list goes on. So what we have to do is with, with anything that happens to you, one way of looking positive is not to dwell on the past, just acknowledge it. And even if you're feeling down, think of one thing that you could be grateful for even if you don't feel grateful. So I know I go back to the breath because the breath is the key for life. So you, even if people are living on the street, they can say, I'm grateful for the air that I'm breathing that's keeping me alive. I'm grateful for the pavement that is supporting my body when I sleep. But most of us, I would think all of us on the call could say, I'm grateful for my lovely bed that's supporting me throughout the night. I'm grateful for the cuddly blankets and so forth. Um, we can also, if we've lost a partner, say it's a divorce, we can say, okay, I'm still young enough to find another partner and look at the beautiful things in your life. And 
just think about what you, everybody we mirror and we attract them for a reason. So the people who push our buttons, we should see them as a gift. And instead of reacting, you know, we can just take a deep breath and walk away. And when we're away, then think, okay, so what in me is causing this feeling? Because nobody can really make us feel anything. So we can see what we've been holding on to. So mm. it's really important to think about, you know, what, what is making us happy. And we, we should surround ourselves with happy people. And even if we don't feel like if it's if we've lost all our money and we're trying to get back on track, then we can imagine and say, oh, I'm so grateful for my wonderful home right, you know, on top of the mountain or wherever you want it to be. And um, just like the law of attraction, get it in. But it's everything to do with being positive. So I've got seven characters. Before you move on to that, I'd just like to add something to what you said about being grateful. Um, my grief counsellor gave me some advice that was perception changing for me. Yeah. And that was stop focusing on what you've lost and start focusing on what you've got, which yeah. is in alignment with what you're saying is, you know, feel gratitude for what you still have. And that really changed my mindset because then I went home and went, wow, I still have a lovely home to live in. And a lot of women don't have that after they've separated. Um, I still have, I have my friends and I have my things. And, and so it just changes your focus because when we lose stuff, we do focus on what we've lost and oh my God, you know, um, but focusing on what we still have and being grateful for it. it it is perception and mindset changing. Yeah, and it's important to change our mindset. That's why I mentioned don't dwell on the past. We acknowledge the past. We go through the grieving, but we have to continue living as well. So yes. it's so important. And to think of a bright future, there's always something good to look at. Like you can look at the positive times that you did have with a child that's um, passed or a relationship or a friendship that's broken. And that gives you a clear insight into the type of relationships you want with future people, whether it's colleagues or a personal relationship and so forth, or how to better your relationship with your children. And um, yeah, so my seven strategies for coping and for Children, I know you and I haven't had children for various reasons. And, you know, I just think children are the way of the future. And I've seen the COVID as a positive thing for slowing people down and giving us the opportunity to look within and to then decide what do I want to do with my life? It's been an opportunity to reflect. For some of us, we did the work and some of us, we didn't. But that's okay. But on one level, we all had a, a slight shift. But anyway, I find when you start developing um, a resilient mindset, you become more competent in what you're doing. So you have the ability to handle stressful situations more effectively. You become more confident. 
So you have the belief in your own ability to what you want to do. So your confidence is rooted within the resilience. And we, we can only gain this through life experiences. So even if we make a mistake or fail at something, we can learn from it. And from what you're saying, Janine, you develop competence to know how to move on. You did your breathing counseling, and then you knew what you wanted to do. And that gave you the training for all the stressful situations that you had since. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about those shortly because, and also I feel you mentioned connection and friends and you're making this women's circle. You know, it's so important to have connection with other humans and to be in a circle like this or the one that you're building is so important to have friends that you can trust and fall upon and rely upon. And, you know, all these dramas in our lives and the way we choose to cope with them build our character. And this is what gives us our self-worth and confidence which when you're rock bottom, our self-worth is out the window and you've had lots of experience with that. And, yes. <laughs> and then it's our contribution, yes, you know. Lovely. Yeah, so contribution is about what we're doing for the community. So Kim and I have started this group and you're starting a group to, you know, beat, bring in the community together. You know, and other people, you know, might be, we've got a few people like Irina on the call and we've had Barit Legrand talk who are caring for our environment. And there's other people who are caring, they might be more for the water side, someone else is caring for nature. And other people are caring for the elderly, other people are standing up for women's rights and so forth but everybody is finding a meaningful cause. And I think we need this meaning and purpose to take us through. And the other C is um, coping, because we, you mentioned about making a plan. And I think it's good in your plan to write down how you dealt with something in the past so that you remember how to deal with it in the future. So part of our coping to recover, um, to, to um, get over things is, you know, how we deal with each situation. And we, are, the other C, the last one is control. So if we try not to control the outcome and let go of things. And the only thing I would say to people to control is our thoughts, because, mm we can choose to live in negativity we can choose to live in the past but we can also choose to be happy we can choose to be grateful and we can choose to change our mindset change our negative beliefs change our programming which is what you did with the turning point and mm. you know let go of our limiting beliefs like you know, I'm grateful to my parents and my grandparents. They brought me up the best way they thought possible. However, I had to do a lot of work on myself for changing my limiting beliefs so I can be the wonderful person I am today. And, you know, 
you are the wonderful person you are today because you've been through all these tragedies and traumas. And I'm curious to know what you felt and thought when you came here and started having more tragedies because you had a roll of tragedies and then another mm. roll of tragedies. You must have thought, oh my God, my bad luck is following me. I refuse to let myself think that. Okay, so how were you feeling? But so, um, so you mentioned the the psychic, and and so basically, I've wanted to come and live in France since I was like about thirty, and I've always loved it. I've always felt at home here, and it was like I had a calling to be to live in France. And so I just always knew it would. And then in Australia, things just weren't going well for me. You know, I kept get, I just kept hitting brick walls and dead ends and I couldn't earn the money that I should have been earning. And, um, and I went to a psychic, well, a channeler. And I said to him, what's my block? What's stopping me from moving forward? And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, live a more, no, help, help people live a more fulfilling life. And he said, how well are you doing that yourself? And I said, pretty crappily. <laughs> and he said, right. And then sort of he said, our purpose in life is not to help others. And I went, what? I've just spent 20 years of personal development learning that it is. Uh, and he said, no, our purpose in life is to live the happiest, most fulfilling life we can for ourselves. At which stage I sat back and went, Okay, all right. And then he said, once we're doing that, we will have the energy that will attract others to want to come to us and want what we're having. I went, well, if that's the case, I may as well just sell everything and move to France now. That was in May. I put my house on the mark. I, I then fixed up my house to sell it. I got rid of half my belongings. I went to my knee surgeon, because by that stage he'd operated on my knee four times, and I said, right, I'm going to France, I need a, a knee replacement. And he said, that's all the pods, don't just give a knee replacement because you're going to France. I said, and I said, and I need it at the end of August because my house is going on the market on the 1st of September. And he looked at my knee, he said, okay, I'll do it on the 30th of August. I went, okay, perfect in plan. Uh, so, so then I had a knee, total knee replacement and was, you know, came back after a month, my house had sold. I had to pack up a whole house, two stories while I was still recovering from my knee replacement. But I was determined because I was going to France to live because that's what I'd always wanted to do. And then I went over for three months, which was when I first met um, Beverly actually in 2018 came to Nice then I went back to get my um, my visa to live here that was a nightmare that just changed three four times I paid a lawyer 4,000 euros up front only to find that he just did not help me get my I know it's crazy Jane isn't it <laughs> just to and then he just wouldn't give me the information that I needed to get my my visa and I'm like, what? And then so I wanted a refund. He said, oh, no, you've already used up the hours. Like, oh. So I got another lawyer. I got my visa and I got over here. 
And I was determined by that stage, I'd already decided I wanted to help, you know, expat women in France live a more fulfilling life, strangely enough. And so that was my determination. So anything that got in my way was like, okay, I've just got to deal with this. I've got to go, get around it. And I did not let myself go into the negative. I kept going with the positive. Like when my mother died, okay, well, she had advanced dementia and now it's a relief, a release and relief. When my father died, we knew they weren't, they were together 70 years. We knew they weren't going to separate for long and that he would follow her quickly after she went. So it's like, okay, that's as it's meant to be. Let's just do, go back to Australia, do the funerals and come back and keep going with what I'm doing. Because by that stage, I'd started the expat women in France group and I really focused on growing that, that or starting to grow it in June. It'll be June two, two years ago in June this year. And at that time, I had about 75 women in it. And now we've got over 3,300 women and it's all organic growth. I've never ad advertised or anything. So it's, so my feeling was what's the positive and stay hopeful and optimistic and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and allow myself to cry when I need to. Fantastic. That's a wonderful story of determination and following your dreams and keeping at it despite everything else. And it's so important to tune into the good, even when we're feeling overwhelmed and when we're feeling stressed. And this is why it's so important to develop this um, resilient mindset so that we can bounce back. For me, resilience is another word for happiness because happy people are able to bounce back easier. Happy people are generally healthier. They've got a good immune system. Happy people are surrounded by positive people. Happy people are usually successful in life. Happy people love to be socially connected and happy people love being of service. And it's it's really important to um, be compassionate, be empathetic, and be caring. So happy people care about others. They really want to see others succeed. They really want others to be happy and healthy. Because if they're in your circle, you want everybody to have what you're having and more. So this would be my tip to everyone to, even if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, I always say, you know, if I'm dwelling on something or my thoughts are going round and round and I'm beating myself up, I can't make a decision. I say to myself, is what I'm doing right now helpful to the situation or is it harmful? So I've had, for example, clients will come to me crying, they broke up and they bring in pictures of their ex or they got them on the phone. And I'm like, really, you know, just answer me. By looking at the pictures every day, how does that make you feel? Is it helpful to the way you feel or is it harmful? So this is a way, like I said earlier, and like you said, Janine, 
you know, it's okay to reflect on the past. The past is what made us the strong, confident person we are today, but we don't want to dwell in it. So just think, is it good or is it, is it helping or not? And then move on. I've got a theme song. And okay. it's my theme song for resilience. It's, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You ain't ever gonna, you ain't never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And that's, that's what I sing to myself. It's like, I get oh, knocked down, but I get up again. Oh, that is so cool. And yeah, we need to all, maybe you can sing that and record it and we can have it um, either on our group or on yours. But also... <laughs> well, we've got some lovely singers in our group, so this yeah. is a thought that we could get someone. So when we're living in the past, we're not living in the present moment. So when we take in a long, deep breath, we're in the present moment. And in that moment, we're abundant and all our needs are met. And a lot of us get stuck, you know, oh, we beat ourselves up. I should have done this. I should have done that. Or we're replaying the tape, as I said. So we need to get out of that. And we need to stop telling our story to hundreds of people because they've all got their own opinions and it's keeping energy and life to it and that's keeping energy and life to something in the past and mm -hmm. people are so quick with their judgments so take you know you can listen to their judgments and their opinions but then let it go you've got the power of choice so you can think to yourself do I agree with their judgments or opinions? Like when I was younger, I believed everything the doctor told me, you know, I would believe they were like gods. And I know that's the way my parents looked at doctors. And now I just question, I can take control of my own health. I can look after it. And I do the same, you know, with all my relationships and with money and whatever's happening in my life. We have to look at it and think what are my belief systems so you know if we're not moving forward with money we have to think what is blocking me like you mentioned what's blocking my life from living my dream it's time now for us all to say what is blocking me from moving forward and just look within and mm -hmm. just because we're blocked doesn't mean it's a bad thing it's actually a good thing because we can look within and make a change you know think i need to look at this at a different angle my father always used to say if you feel like you've got a wheelbarrow full of bricks and trying to push it up a steep hill then stop and ask the question why am i doing this what's in it for me what's the point what's the purpose so i think my message to everyone to become resilient you have to take action. You have to step in your own power. You have to take control of your own life. And if you feel everything is flowing like a river, you know you're on the right track. And your dream might be to have your women's circle, but maybe you have to take a different angle. I'm not saying this is the case, I'm just using it as a scenario because it's three years in the making. So maybe yeah. you've got to do a different angle. 
But um, I just want to thank you for sharing your story and making us all aware of how important it is to follow our dreams. And just, you know, you have followed your dreams while you had some of the most unbelievable upsets and traumas, you know, going on in your life. And you're still coping. I'm so still smiling. You're still smiling. So I actually, um, I, I interviewed um, Eddie Jacku um, the other day. I met him at the Sydney Jewish Museum. Before I left Australia, uh, France, I got given his book. And then so many things happened to me about meeting Holocaust survivors. And when I got to Brisbane, his name popped up on my screen. He was doing a talk. So I listened to his talk while, while I was in quarantine. And um, then I got given various books from other survivors. And when I got to Sydney, a friend said, oh, my closest friend works in the Jewish Museum. I'll see whether you can get an interview. And when I interviewed him, like he went through the most inhumane things in the um, Auschwitz camp. And mm. yet he was determined to come out smiling. So he said, it doesn't matter what you think happened in your life. He was ready to die, but he felt he had to stay alive to share his story, to represent the people that had suffered and, you know, given up their lives and let the story be heard. So he's determined to be the happiest man on earth. And he turned 101 yesterday. So he's still driving. So that gave me motivation to jump behind the wheel and start driving here. I thought if he can do it, I can do it. And I think you just got to look at everything and look at people that you admire and think, wow, you know, what do I like about this person? You know, and talk to them. And most people are happy to share their story, just like you, you know. And Dr. Wayne Dyer always said, you know, everybody's got a story inside them. Don't die with the music unplayed. So, you know, maybe your passion is to dance naked every night in the rain, or it might be to write a book, or it might be to start a, a cake making business or whatever it is. So it's like, just do it, be fearless and let go. And if there's blocks, change them. So what would be your tips, Janine, to everyone here on the call and people who listen at a later date? for life in general and COVID, because you've had that on top of um, what everything else you've gone through. Yeah, that, that's, that's been a bit difficult living here on my own and doing business on my own with COVID and not, and I'm such an extrovert. I love socializing, so it's been driven me, driving me mad. Um, I, I go back to sort of what I said before. It, it's so important to have a positive and optimistic mindset to always look for the positives in whatever happens and to be hopeful of the future. So let's look at the positives that have happened for us with COVID as you were doing before Beverly. Yeah. And yeah, have a dream um, 
a purpose, a passion, and follow it. Definitely follow it because um, my block in Australia was that I wasn't following my dream. Like once I've come to France, even so, even though, though things aren't smooth, it's like I, I'm. It's on purpose. I'm on, I'm living my life on purpose, and that really helps. And yeah, definitely be adaptable and go with the flow. And, and go go around those rocks. Yeah, and I would add to it by saying, yeah, something too. <laughs> I would add to it and say never give up hope because it's so important to have something to hold on to, and you you are a great ambassador for that. You've held mm -hmm. on to your dream and you've given hope, and you're inspiring other people with hope of a better future. Yeah, that's what I yeah. want to do. Fantastic. And do you, want to, do you want to, before we open it up for questions from everybody, do you want to tell everybody about your wonderful Mojo project? Your club Mojo Circle. Yeah. Okay, so, so at the moment I've talked about my group. My club Mojo Circle, I've, um, I'm currently, having the application for the online community developed for the third time for reasons we don't have time to go into, but this is another example of resilience um, and persistence. And it will be available, I'm quite sure, within the next month, hopefully by the end of the month. And it's, it's a complete online community like Facebook that is um, uh, it, whose purpose is to help you get support, at, to expand your networks, to meet new friends in your local areas. Um, I've got membership maps, so you can go in, you can do a search for like who's within 10 kilometers of me and then connect with them and arrange to meet up. There's local groups. So you join a group that is local to you and then you can organize activities with the women in that group. And um, there's recommendations for business owners. There's business support with monthly um, group co business coaching, as well as you get to promote your business to the whole community. And what else? There's um, forums for French information. So I'm going to be collecting a whole lot of information on things like French taxes, French doing business in France. French visas, French medical systems. Um, I'm not going to be the expert, but I'm going to call in information from various experts to put in these forums so that people can find the information easily. So whether you've not yet in France or whether you've been here for 20 years, there's something to you know, support everyone. And my focus, as you may have gathered, is on personal development and you know, how, we be, how we be better people. And that's what this group is about. Club Mojo Circle at mojocircle.com. Coming soon. <laughs> yes. Just thank you so much, Janine, and everyone who could join today. It's just so lovely to see you all.